Stop. Collaborate and listen. Joseph's back with a brand new edition of the Torn Page Podcast. We're doing stuff today. Chris, wake up. You've been in a coma for 10 years. (laughs) We need you to wake up. Wake up! (laughs) Well, since you're awake and alert, welcome to the Torn Page Podcast. I'm Joseph. I'm Casey. And today we're talking about some cowboys. We're talking about a little old outlaw named Billy the Kid from way back in the 1800s. I want to preface this before we even start. A lot of the dates that are in this story can be skewed. There's not... There's there's a lot of things that are very it's it was almost 200 years ago it's hard to get exact dates for some of these people like especially his birthday don't fucking know for sure but just remember that when we start this don't judge us we all we do have uh, Destin is in the room with us so if you hear some dumb motherfucker laughing or farting uh, it's just, not me this time he wanted to sit in and listen to us recording so. Yeah, you'll hear an extra fucking vape in the background. What are you vaping on, Joseph? I am vaping on Heisenberg. It's blue slushy. Yeah, he got some new fancy blue slushy. It's actually blue. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, and I've got White Rabbit Burst Bounty. It's, um, I don't know. Name drop. I don't know what flavor it is. It's a mystery flavor, but it's very, very cakey. Like me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else? Anything else you want to cover before we get started? Uh, uh, there was something I just forgot. That's because your brain don't fucking work. I just got off work. I don't give a shit. Tired and old. Uh, don't start bitching about being tired already. I'm so tired. Well, I guess we'll just fucking jump into it since your old man brain can't remember anything. So, everybody... Hop aboard the way, way back machine and let's go to 18 XX. 1850s to the 18, or really 1860s, 1880s. The time of disco. You have to understand this. The main story of this kid's life took six years. That's it. Like, like he, That's literally it. He became a fugitive at 15, died 21. Yeah, he was a youngin. There's a lot of information and a lot of fucking shit he did in six years. He was still wet behind the ears. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Mr. William Henry McCarty. A.K.A. Billy the Kid. A.K.A. like 17 other fucking names. William Bonney. William Bonney was his name after he was trying to run from the law. But all right, he was born New York City to Catherine McCarty. His father's name was, we think, Patrick. He was born to Irish immigrants, so I'm his, assuming. Uh, yes, his, his mother and father were Irish immigrants. That's why, like, there was even speculation that he wasn't born in New York City. He was born in fucking Indiana. New York City? But, I mean, his his parents were illegal Irish immigrants. It's going to be fucking New York City. I, the Irish did not immigrate nope, we, to, to Indiana. We just, we went from New York to Boston. And, and you know what? Hey, this you is haven't good enough. fucking moved. <laughs> this is good enough. But his birth year, it has been confirmed to be at least 1859. The date is kind of skewed. Originally, they thought it was November 23rd because the first book that was ever written about his life said it was November 23rd. 
But the author of that bur- that book also has the bur- birthday of November 23rd. So, yeah, well, people yeah. think he was lying. But probably there was a letter from an official at St. Peter's Church in Manhattan that stated McCarty was baptized in that church on September 28th, 1859. So, he was born probably like a week. When do you get baptized? How old are you? Like, fresh out the womb, they scoop you up, take you, dump you in a bucket of water? How the fuck do you think I know that? <laughs> I don't <laughs> fucking know. <laughs> yeah, I think it's uh, old enough to be partially drowned. <laughs> <laughs> Praise the Lord, bubbles. Stop the bubbles. But yeah, he, he was baptized September 28th, 1859, so he was probably born in September, I would guess, something like that. Not only do they fill you with Christ's love, they fill your lungs with water. I was going to say something different. Let's continue. Uh, not at that age, at least. They fill you with other things when you get older. Bada um, boom, Catholic priest joke. <laughs> <laughs> the census records, he does have a younger brother, Joseph McCarty, which was born 1863. So he does have a little brother. Yeah. But her, they, they were living in New York, and then the Civil War happens. So, her, their father, he goes to fight in the Civil War, gets fucking murdered by a little tiny ball of lead or whatever the fuck happened. So, around this same time, the mother was diagnosed with tuberculosis, which would have been around the uh, sixty mid sixties. I think the war ended sixty five, so it'd been like probably around that time. Father died. Mom gets. TB. Gets TB, and it's told, you have to move to a warmer climate. Yeah. Uh, so. And TB wasn't nothing to fuck with back in the day. Oh, TB killed every motherfucker back then. The treatments they had for TB was pretty much opening you up and stretching your rib cage. Yeah. Or so, putting sandbags on your chest. That's when that, it. When that happened, they decided, the mother decided, I'm going to pack everybody up. We're going to move to Indiana. But that is where they met William Atrim. Is that how you pronounce his name? Yeah, oh, no. Antrim. Antrim. With, with a little... Mm. A little... Mm. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. That's where they meet. So, once they meet him, they decide to move to fucking Kansas. I don't know why they move it so much. I don't know why anybody wants to move to Kansas. I There is literally nothing in Kansas. But that still wasn't a warm enough climate for her when they get to Kansas. Move to fucking Alabama. Jesus Christ. <laughs> At this time, the has I don't even think the Louisiana Purchase had happened, or had it? Yeah, because they're on the the west of Mississippi. Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't want to go to Alabama. I hate living in Alabama. I fucking hate it so much. <laughs> but I'm I'm just trying to get through this background as quick as possible because it's just a bunch of dumb shit that don't matter. But I want you to tell about his early life. But they wanted to move. To, still wanted to move to a drier climate. And then March 1st, 1873, Catherine marries William Antrim, and they move to Silver City, New Mexico. New Mexico, it's a nice, warm climate, you know. And this is really where his life starts. This would have been in, like, uh, mid-70s, so he was, like, 14, 13, 14, something like that. The root and tootinous Tom. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um... And the William Atrium, I I wrote Atrium on every single one of my fucking notes, and it's fucking wrong. 
I'm going to keep saying it wrong and I'm going to get pissed off. But William Antrim, he worked as a bartender and a carpenter. And then he got into like prospecting gold, right? No, I think it was like real estate. Oh, yeah. So what? he was buying and selling Yeah, he dirt. was like, he was literally buying empty lots and flipping them. Hey, you want to buy this patch of dirt? Literally. Give me two pennies. Give, give you a little back rub. Come here. Come here, cowboy. You want some land? Come here. Let me touch that six shooter. Yeah, but <laughs> as soon as he started doing that, he just disappeared from the family. He just stopped giving a fuck about him. He went to the general store for some cigarettes. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Hey, honey, I'm going to go get some tobacco from the trading post. I'll be back in about five minutes to 18 years. Bye. Yep. So, you know, Catherine was sick as shit. She had TB. She couldn't take care of the kids because Billy would have been 14. Joseph would have been about 11. Still kind of got to take care of them. I mean, a 14-year-old can fit for himself. I fit for my fucking self yeah, when I was 14. Same. But I don't know. This Back then, that's like being like 35, I guess. I mean, he was old enough to get a job back then, for real. Yeah. But uh, she had to take on like... Uh, she pretty much turned her house to a boarding house. She would take on people that needed a place to stay in exchange for taking care of the kids, cooking for them, feeding them, all that shit. Until she dies. Well, yeah. <laughs> she ends up passing away September 16th, 1874 from tuberculosis. And after that, Antrim, who has, you know, owns the kids now, to put it blatantly. Yeah. Uh, decided to put them in foster homes, but split them up on purpose. What a dick. He split the kids up, put them in foster homes, which you don't, you don't do that. Even if, even at the ages they're at, you, you, you don't, you don't do that. You don't. And then he just, he just siblings. He just put them in a foster home and said, bye bitch. I'm done. I'm going to get more tobacco from the trading post. I'll be back. Yep. So this this is where, after he gets put in foster care, this is where the criminal life really does start. He's around 15 at this time when his mother died, and he's put into this boarding house, which to stay there, he's forced to work for him. Of course. So he was... Uh, what was he was doing like just random jobs there, cleaning houses, uh, stuff, shit like that, cleaning up, feeding people. Apparently, he worked at a restaurant as well, uh, like serving customers, flipping patties. I think if I recall, he he was like a waiter, yeah, kinda. something like that. He probably did everything, but people said he was like he was super nice. Yeah, he was very friendly. He was ugly as shit. But he was nice. Like, if he wouldn't have taken the route he did, becoming an outlaw, he probably would have been a great stand-up citizen in uh, Silver City. City. New Mexico. I almost said Ohio. But he really didn't have a choice when it really came down to it. So, there's there's two different stories about his first encounter with the law. Okay. The story that I believe was... On September 23rd, 1875, him, Billy Kid, and George Schaefer robbed a Chinese laundromat. They stole clothing and two pistols. Yeah. Uh, George Schaefer, a.k.a. Sombrero Jack. Yeah. 
Which I'm pretty sure he didn't have a sombrero. He might have. There's a lot of uh, a lot of culture. sombreros. A lot of Hispanic culture. More sombreros the in the Wild West than there are at Mexican restaurants. You have to understand the Apaches are still around in the area at this time. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Like I don't know the lineage of sombreros. You know what I mean? And we're on a tangent. Uh, <laughs> sombrero Jack tells this kid, this youngling, go in this laundry house store shop. It is. Let's a, just say laundromat. It's like a laundromat. Yeah, go in this laundromat. A where, dry cleaner. Dry cleaner where he robs Charlie's son, which is the owner. And Sombrero Jack had it in his head that if we rob this guy, which the Chinese were the uh, the minority back then. Yeah, they were immigrant immigrants. Yeah, uh, you know, if we rob this guy, nobody's going to fucking care. It's a Chinese guy. Let's get away. And he gave Billy the Kid specific instructions that when after the robbery, Sombrero Jack threw the goods in a ditch and told Billy the Kid, Billy, William, William. I'm going to call him Billy through the whole thing. Right so. now, he is William the Child. He is Billy. He hasn't evolved. <laughs> Billy. He, he orders <laughs> He's Billy. He's not a fucking Charmander. William the Child. He he tells Billy the boy to pick up the goods and keep it, at, keep it at the boarding house with him until it cools down in town and Jack will come pick it up. Yeah. But... The lady that was running the boarding house came across the goods while she was cleaning up. It was like, you son of a bitch. Yeah. There's another version of the story that says it was literally just a prank, bro. It's a prank. Don't tase me. (laughs) No, there was, there's a different version of the story on a different website that I was doing research on that said George Schaefer knew the person that owned this laundromat and did it as a prank. Just stole the clothes as a prank. There's also another... I don't believe that, but... There's also another variant, and we'll get to this, of how storytelling was back in the day after the death of Billy the Kid and how he became a movie star. Yeah, but, I mean, Uh, you have to also understand, he didn't just steal clothes. He stole guns. Yeah, there's a variant... He stole guns, it stops being a prank. Yeah, (laughs) it starts becoming a felony. But there's a different story where... Did felonies even exist in the 1860s? I know the word larceny did. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure it was like, you did this, and we just make up however long you're going to go in. Hmm. To the the racks with you. It was, yeah, it was... Uh, it was uh, all up to the justices at the time. The, the story was when Billy was younger, younger, and that he ran around with a group of ruffians. And since, uh, you know, they didn't like the Chinese, just like racism is now. Racism it, was racism back then. Yeah. Uh, they went to we the... We literally came to this side of the earth to steal from them, so... Pretty much. But, uh... The group of ruffians were outside Charlie's son's laundromat and were just causing mischief. And Charlie came out and said, go away. Get off my fucking property. Get off my lawn. Get off my dirt patch. And they started I'm pretty th- sure there was grass back then. Dirt patch. <laughs> uh, they started throwing rocks at Charlie and a few well-aimed rocks hit Charlie in the head and killed him. No. That's a different story. <laughs> what? Like, it's just all these stories. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's the biggest problem with this story doing research is there's just every story is this, every story is this, and it's 
We're trying to keep it straight as possible on it, but I it, promise it's hard. It's just like the rumor mill nowadays. Like back then, did you hear that Billy the Kid has a golden dong? <laughs> Anyway, he robs the Chinese laundry. He stole clothes, two pistols, and he was arrested, charged with theft, put in jail. Two days later, escapes. Do you know how he escaped? <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> he climbed up a fucking chimney. And he was a small frame son of a bitch. At, his, at 17, this is before then, at his peak, he didn't even reach his fucking peak. He died before then. But at the age of 17, he was five foot seven and 135 pounds. And skinny as a rail. He was a tiny little fucking dude. And, and he, ugly as shit. He Winnie the Pooed yeah, straight he, the fuck out of that chimney. He squeezed up a chimney he re- and got He out reversed of Santa Claus right up that fucking chimney. Yep. And then from that point on, for the rest of his life, he's a fugitive. Well, you see, the sheriff, I can't remember the sheriff's name, it's Hill something. Hill White. White Hill, I can't remember. At this time? Yeah, when, I, when he I, climbs I, through the chimney. I'm not sure exactly. Well, with the robbery, they're like, you know, he's a kid. Maybe he'll learn from it if we leave him in the clink for a couple of days. But then yeah. he escapes. The morning that the sheriff was going to invite Billy to eat with his family. Like, they were going to give him a big hearty breakfast, put, like shove some Christian values down his throat, and maybe... Change his ways, but little fucker slipped out the chimney. He, you can tell that he just doesn't want to be in jail. Does anybody? I mean, like, and he's good at getting out. <laughs> he's a fucking escape artist. I think throughout the whole his whole life, he escaped like six times or some shit, some crazy shit. He's like good that. at what he does. But after he escapes, he runs away. He linked back up with stepdaddy, Mister Antrim. And he let him stay with him for a couple days until I guess they just got fucking tired of each other and he threw him out. So he stole more clothes and more guns from him. And he just, that's that's the last time they ever saw each other. They left. So he left and traveled to Southeast Arizona. And you have to understand when we say Kansas, Arizona, New Mexico, these are not states right now. They're territories. They are not owned completely by the white man yet. We haven't finished with smallpox blankets. We haven't finished with the genocide yet. Quick story. When I worked at the mental facility, one of the patients walked by me. I was like, hey, um, Basil, what's genocide mean? <laughs> I looked at him. I was like, why, Mike? Oh, I was just wondering. I saw it in the book. It means mass murder. He's like, all right. It means it means the eradication of an entire kind of people. And he's like, can you use an example? I was like, the fucking Holocaust. And he's like, oh, okay. And he just disappears. But he, he gets to Southeast Arizona. He started working as a ranch hand for Henry Hooker. Real, real name. He was very, very popular at the time. Everyone knew who he was. He owned a bunch of little... Hookers? Hookers, hookers. <laughs> Technically, profit. Hook them. Yeah, hook. Yeah. Henry Hookers, hookers. He owned a bunch. He was big, big old cattle, horses, all that shit, whatever. But during this time, while he was working as a ranch hand, he met a man named John R. Mackey. 
He was a criminal born in Scotland, but served in the U.S. Army. They didn't give a fuck. They back just then. let anybody. You in, just don't showed they? up and they hand you a musket. But he was Scottish born. He was a Scottish born criminal that illegally immigrated to the United States of America and then fought for us in a war against the English. Yeah, they just let anybody in the army. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) As he stares at Dustin. (laughs) But they were were staying uh, in a, it's like U.S. Army Post Camp Grant at the time because every city, I think, was a U.S. Army Post back then. Swear to God. But while he was he was working as the ranch hand, he was also working at Camp Grant and just hauling logs that were probably double the size of him. Because when I think of, you know, someone working at a lumber mill, I don't think of someone that's 5'7", 135 pounds. No, you think hauling of... Hauling logs. You, I think of, like, Hugh Jackman yeah. in The Wolverine. Because he was actually a lumberjack yeah. in The Wolverine. <laughs> but... This, this, where at Camp Grant was his first taste of blood, to put it the way I want to. Okay. Okay, there's <laughs> this man at Camp Grant. He, his name was Francis P., in quotations, Wendy Cahill. Francis P. Cahill, nickname Wendy. Okay. Okay. This guy liked to bully McCarty because he was bigger than him, obviously. All the fucking time. Bullied him all the time. Well, August 17th, 1877, they were at a saloon in the village of Bonita, and they started getting into an argument. Wendy looks at Billy and called him a pimp. <laughs> Deadass called him a pimp, which I guess means a whole different thing back then. Now it's a compliment. Yeah, it's like, all right, cool. Called him a pimp, so McCarty returns. Billy calls him back a son of a bitch and Wendy tackles him and as soon as they hit the ground he just shoots him in the fucking chest Billy just pulls his revolver shoots him in the chest in the story I read there was a quote from Wendy yeah and he's like I think I hit him but I didn't and then he shot me in the belly yeah, he tackled him, basically. Yeah. They they both went to the ground, and he just pulled his revolver and shot him chest, belly, sternum, wherever. It was only one shot. What was his job? The Wendy guy? Wendy Blacksmith. Oh, yeah, I was about to say. He Wendy. was a manly man. Yeah. And Billy was a little bitch. Covered in soot. Billy is lucky that guns were invented. Yeah. Or he would have been fucked. It would have been the end right here. Yeah, he would have gotten his ass beat by a blacksmith. But one of the witnesses had said, Billy, he had no choice. He had to use his equalizer. Uh. Exactly. That's what I would call my gun, too. That's pretty fucking cool, actually. I call, mine, I call mine Pippin. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you call it Pippin? Questions. I'll ask you about your personal life. <laughs> anyway, Billy... As soon as he shot him, he fucking runs because I'd probably run too if I shot somebody. I'd be like, oh shit. And Wendy died the next day. He didn't survive it. First kill on his record for Billy. And he was apprehended a few days later. Dude, I can't fucking talk. Pock to Khan Havid Yad. (laughs) Pock 
the car have ya park the car and have ya park the car have ya ah you're good okay 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 so he he ran but he was apprehended by miles woods a few days later but while he was being held miles woods at the time when he was a justice and at the time justice of peace were not cops they couldn't arrest you but they could hold you They'd be like, hey, sit your ass down. And that's all I could Wait do. Wait for the actual cops. Yeah, that's all they could do. So he took him to the guard shack, waited on the law to get there, and Billy's just like, I'm just going to walk out. And yeah, pretty, just, pretty much this Miles dude was like loss prevention at Walmart. Yeah, and he, he was just like, uh, okay, and he just fucking left. <laughs> he was like, he just left before the cops got there. Hey, Miles, I'm going to go get some tobacco from the trading post. I'll be back. <laughs> but he stole a horse, hopped on... And rode from Arizona to New Mexico. But before he got to New Mexico, Apaches stopped him with their bows and arrows and yelling. Sticks. Whatever the fuck they had at the time. They had guns. The Apaches? Yeah, they... No, a lot of Apaches were against guns. I've been watching the wrong Western movies. A lot of Apaches were against guns at the time. Look, I'm just saying that some of them had alien tech... I'm watching the wrong Western movies. Yeah, you're watching the wrong fucking Westerns. <laughs> but the Apache stole, stopped him, stole his horse from him, and he was forced to walk a long way. Miles. Many of miles. Many a foot. To the nearest settlement, which was Fort Stanton in the Pecos Valley. He was starving. He was near death. But he had a friend in the area. His friend was John Jones. He's a member of the Seven Rivers Warriors, which is a dope-ass name. Gang, gang. Seven Rivers Warriors is a dope-ass name. But he showed up at his house. John Jones wasn't there, but his mother was. His mother, Barbara, decided to help him out, gave him some food, did all that shit, nursed him back to health. So he stayed there for a little while after he regained his health. Then he went to... Apache Tejo. Apache Tejo. Is that, is that, is that a theme park? Tejo. Tao? It's not Asian. Oh. It's Apache, so Spanish. Is it like Disneyland? No, it's an army post. Oh. <laughs> Where he joined up with a band of rustlers who raided herds owned by cattle magnate John Chisholm in Lincoln County. I believe this is when he linked up. The The band of rustlers were called The Boys. Or The Regulators, or is that later on? That's later on. Okay. This was just The Boys. Shittiest fucking name. We go from Seven Rivers Warriors to The Boys. The Boys. They pussies. The Boys are back in town. But he got linked up with them uh, while he was working for John Chisholm in Lincoln County. And then... We have the really the pinnacle of the whole story where literally everything happens is the Lincoln County War. A lot of bloodshed. A lot of people get murdered. What caused the Lincoln County War? Uh, fight over cattle and dry goods. Okay. So boring. Yeah. One person had a monopoly over cattle. One person had a monopoly over dry goods and they, somebody wanted a piece of the pie. So boring. That, that's what happened, and a lot of people fucking died over it. Cops died, people died. A lot of blood and death. Boring. Yeah. 
But around this time, when he was working for John Chisholm, he started referring to himself as William H. Bonney, I guess, as an alias to not get caught another, by the law. Another AKA. Yeah, he's Billy the fucking kid. William the child. But all right. Let us talk about the Lincoln County War. Okay. So, the Lincoln County War, I'm not covering the whole entire thing. It's a lot. Yeah, that's why I did boring face. <laughs> There's a lot. But this is just really his involvement. Because it's like the main part of his story is the Lincoln County War. So, he returned to New Mexico. He got healed up and all that by old Barbara. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> And he started working for an English businessman and rancher, John Henry Tunstall. And he was he was a cowboy forum near the Rio Felix. A fucking river. Sure. It's it's a tributary to the Rio Grande. Grand. Rio Grande? Rio Grande. Grande. Rio Grande, whatever. But it was a fucking river in Lincoln County. But him and his business partner, Alexander McSween were opponents of an alliance formed by Irish-American businessmen Lawrence Murphy, James Dolan, and John Riley. Those three men had wielded an economic and political hold over all of Lincoln County because they owned the beef contract for Fort Stanton and had a well-patronized goods dry goods store in Lincoln. So these three men owned the whole entire economy because what else do you have other than dry goods and meat? Did they eat anything else back then? Dirt? Shut up about the dirt. <laughs> That's all you care about is dirt. I'm hungry. <laughs> but in February 1878, Mc, McSween had owed $8,000 to James Dolan, which is one of the dickheads that owns everything. So he obtained a court order and asked William J. Brady to attach nearly $40,000 worth of Tunstall's property and livestock so Tunstall put Bonnie in charge of nine horses and told them to relocate them because Sheriff Brady was going to come fucking take them. Well, as soon as he learned that they were coming to his land and were trying to get him, as soon as he showed up, Tunstall was shot in the fucking chest. I don't know if it was by the sheriff at the time, which was the people that were supposed to be coming to get him, or if it was by somebody else, somebody else but... He got shot in the chest, knocked him off his horse, and then a different posse member walked up, took his gun out of his holster, and shot him back in the head. Hmm. Cold blood murdered him. And this was the guy that was trying to fight to get some of the economic wealth that was being controlled by a group of three people, which is kind of similar to today. Yeah. The same thing would happen. You just wouldn't be riding a horse. But you still get shot. But as soon as he got murdered, it's when the two factions exploded and it was just day after day, people fighting, shooting at each other, people getting shot, just a million things. So like the Wild West version of Crips versus Bloods. Yeah. It's literally what it is. It's a gang war. Oh. But with old rifles and revolvers and not... That take 25 minutes to fucking reload. <laughs> no, they had the uh, Winchesters. Yeah, we've talked about this before. Yeah, they had the Winchesters, but, I mean, they just don't... They don't have AKs and Uzis, but, you know, they can still put out some firepower if you're a good shot. And the guns were so... 
Like the knockoff brands back then were so shittily made, they'll blow the fuck up in your yeah, hand. Yeah, like they were so cheaply made that you could buy them on, at a corner store. You can just walk up this dude be like, hey, I got a pistol. Give me like 30 cents. And they'll be like, okay, yeah, that's cheap as fuck. It was, it was extremely easy. 25 cents for a six shooter. It was extremely easy to get guns back then. Six bullets, 10 bucks. What? What? That's expensive. Yeah, well, I got to make money be like selling a, fucking guns for 25 cents. That'd be like a grand today. Yeah, well. For six fucking rounds? You know what? Whatever. I, I, I got to feed my family. I can't feed them tobacco and oats every day. <laughs> You could. I could, but I'm going to have some nicotine fitting fucking children. Daddy, give me the leaf. (laughs) (laughs) But after Tunstall was killed, uh, Billy and Dick Brewer, (laughs) Dick Brewer swore affidavits against the sheriff, Brady at the time, and those in his posse and obtained murder warrants from the Justice of Peace, John B. Wilson. Back then, you could go to the Justice of Peace and get a warrant to murder the sheriff. Fuck yeah. That's exactly what they did. Like, what? What's the point of fucking law enforcement? When you can just be like, hey, Justice, can I kill the sheriff? And they're like, yeah. Yeah, fill out these papers. Yeah, put your sign, sign down here. Uh, it's going to cost you about $2. Uh, wait three to five business days. Wait till the paper comes in the mail. Yeah, wait for the man on the horse with the mailbag. Yeah. So, on February 20th, 1878, while they were... Okay. Billy and Dig Brewer <laughs> attempted to arrest Brady. Okay. Tried to arrest the sheriff. <laughs> And while they were doing that, the sheriff and his deputies arrested him instead. Pull the old Kentucky bait and switch on him. <laughs> and two other guys riding with him. But Billy had a friend that was a U.S. Marshal. And him and a detachment of soldiers arrested Sheriff Brady's jail guards, put them behind bars, released Billy and Dick Brewer. So he pretty much he, he he pretty much played the reverse Uno card. I'm here to arrest you. No, you ain't. You're being arrested. No, you're being arrested. Oh shit. <laughs> it's I I read that and I was like, the 1800s confused me. It was a, a wild party back then. An outlaw goes to arrest a cop, but in turn gets the cop arrests the outlaw, and then a U.S. marshal comes in and arrests the cop, didn't release the outlaw. I don't fucking. And then, right after all this happens, that was in February, in March, Billy joined up with the Regulators. This is when it starts to get real, because they're like a real-time gang at the time, the Regulators. They captured Frank Baker and William Morton. Both, Both of them were the ones that were accused of killing Tunstall. And I guess they were going to interrogate him. But they tried to escape, so they shot him in the fucking back. Oh, okay. Murdered both. Both of them dead. Then, on April 1st, the regulators ambushed Sheriff Brady and his deputies. I don't know where, but Billy ended up getting shot in the leg during the battle. Both Sheriff Brady and Deputy Sheriff George W. Hindman were murdered. 
And then on the morning of April 4th, 1878, Buckshot Roberts and Dick Brewer were both killed during a shootout at Blazer's Mill. Then different warrants were issued for both sides, but I think four, five people ended up dying within the, that month between March 9th to April 4th. About five or six people in this little feud ended up dying, including the sheriff. I'm looking at these pictures, and there's a lot of mustaches. Yeah, that's, that's, I guess that was the thing back then. I don't know. I'm jealous for real. True, <laughs> true. And this is when all of it, all of this leads up into really this one moment, which was the pure battle of Lincoln. Are we, are we're still talking about the Lincoln County War? Yes. Oh, my God. Dude, I'm telling you, it's a lot of shit about the Lincoln County War. So, you have the Battle of Lincoln, 1878. This may, like this whole scene, reading about it, makes me think of any Wild Western in a town. Literally all Wild Westerns. So, you have the night of Sunday, July 14th. So, McSween and all the regulators, which is about... 50 or 60 men at this time, they went to Lincoln and just stationed themselves within all the buildings. They had snipers. They had everyone, like all the buildings were covered. And this is where all the fucking names come in. So at the McSween residence, you had Billy, Florencio Chavez, Jose Chavez Y. Chavez, <laughs> Jim French, Harvey Morris, Tom O'Floyard. Foliard? Is it O Foliard? I don't know. I don't know. You like you know Irish o names. Oh Foliard. And um Eugenio Salazar. How are you <sighs> Plus about fifty other men. Oh. But then there was another group that was on the roof of a saloon. And they, they literally had the entire town, which these towns were the size of my bedroom back then, but Yeah. And I have a tiny ass bedroom. But they had literally everything surrounded. And they were just waiting. They were just chilling with their guns, waiting just by, let a motherfucker run up in this town. Let a motherfucker try me. As soon as those sharpshooters shot, showed up, one of them was fucking shot, so they were just like, ah, nope, 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 I'm nope, out, nope, I'm out. Bye. <laughs> Literally, as soon as they got up to a rooftop, they were fucking shot and killed. <laughs> Peace. So, Pepin, the new sheriff, was in over his fucking head, so he had to ask the colonel of Fort Stanton for military interference because they couldn't fucking handle it because they were fighting a gang of 60 fucking men with rifles and pistols. And at first he was like, nah, I don't really care. Yeah. But he eventually showed up with troops, which let yeah. them win the fucking war. But that sounds like a lot of work. <sighs> but then by that Friday, on July 19th, which is my birthday, hey. which is his birthday too, <laughs> McSween's supporters had gathered inside his house and the sheriff and a couple of those people just decided to set fire to the building. But the, the sheriff and their posse, I don't know, they always refer to them as posses. I don't know why. They set fire to the building, so everybody in the gang just started fucking shooting at them. And it was just, they burnt the entire city down and... Like, th 10 people were murdered in this five-day standoff firefight thing. 
So that was that's the whole battle of the Lincoln. Was it was just two dudes. They were fighting over land, not land, but cattle and dry goods. And ended up in the deaths of like 20 men. Communism. Over the course of, say, uh, six months or so. Jesus Christ. Yeah, over the course of like six months. Fuck that. Just half and half it. Fuck. Yeah, like, no, dude, that's money, man. That's way too money. But... That this is when he truly this next part is where he truly does become an outlaw. So him, Billy, and three other other survivor, three other survivors of the Battle of Lincoln. Are you telling me only four people survived? No, no. Well, these four men were around this Indian agency when a bookkeeper was murdered, and they all tried to pin it on him. I guess the cops hated him. He was an outlaw. They tried to pin the murder on him, but even though there, there was evidence that he was murdered by somebody else, they still tried to pin it on him. But all the indictments were dropped except for Billy the Kids. That's the only one that wasn't dropped. So, on October fifth, eighteen seventy-eight, you have U.S. Marshal John Sherman, who informed the new governor Lou uh, Wallace that he had. Warrants for several men, including Billy the Kid, and he was unable to execute them because of, uh, how do you say it? They have all these warrants they wanted, but they wanted to drop them and, like, give these people a fresh start. So, like, anyone that was, had been indicted into a, like, uh, for a crime during the Battle of Lincoln or was charged but not fully put in jail they're allowed to be acquitted they're all going to get pardons except for Billy because he technically had not been indicted or convicted of a crime yet so all that shit can weigh over his head but all the other people that got arrested already there's imagine that fucking shitty feeling like all your friends are getting released and you're just waiting Waiting. Yeah. It's, I I don't, they literally did it for him. They did it so they can make sure they can charge him with everything they can. Because they wanted Billy the Kid. Because apparently he murdered a sheriff. At this time, they thought he murdered a sheriff, but there's just all speculation. Bible. Moose. Yes, I'm a moose. Hey, welcome to the show, moose. (laughs) (laughs) All right, where was I? February 18th, 1879. So, Billy and a friend named Tom O'Folliard. O'Folliard. That actually sounds pretty accurate. Okay. (laughs) Well, they were in Lincoln, and they watched as this attorney, Houston Chapman, was shot, killed, and then set on fire. (laughs) Damn. Yeah. And apparently... They they were they were just sitting there watching. They they were forced to watch it at gunpoint by Jesse Evans. I don't know why this guy would just be like, "Hey hey, watch this man burn alive." Hey, what's up, y'all? I'm Jesse. Watch this. <laughs> I don't I don't know. They they were forced to watch it, which in turn caused Billy's next arrest. He was not arrested for the murder. 
or for the setting of a fire. He was arrested because he went to the governor and was like, look, I have information on this murder. I can tell you who killed him. I can tell you exactly what happened, but I want amnesty. So he said, okay, we'll have a secret meeting. We'll talk about it. But what we'll have to do is to remove all suspicion on you, what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to arrest you and act like we're charging you with a crime. Then you testify. We'll put the other guy in jail for the crime. Then you're let out. Guess what? Didn't work. They never fucking let him out. Oh. He testified. He got the other guy put in prison. He snitched. But they didn't hold up their, his end of the deal. So they just left him there. It sounds like to me that Billy the Kid got the short end of the stick of everything. Every fucking time, yeah. But, like, the the governor was like, yeah, I'll let you out. But then the district attorney's like, no, nah, you're not getting out. Yeah, nope. Like, doesn't the governor pay your fucking paycheck? Yeah. Doesn't he sign your paycheck? Doesn't the governor overpower the DA? Yeah, but for some reason, they just let him sit there. So... Several a couple weeks later, he just said, "Fuck it, I'm not. They're not gonna let me out, so might as well just fucking escape." Won't let me out. I'm getting out. So there's like he he escapes, and he kept his nose clean for six months before killing someone again. He went a whole six months. Oh, good for him. So his next time he decided to murder somebody, he shot and killed a man named Joe Grant. He was a newcomer to the area in New Mexico. Hey, I'm Joe. I'm new to the area. Apparently what happened was Joe was fucking with him, basically. Uh, he, he he told Grant before he killed before he killed him he was going to kill him. But he walked up to Grant. He told him, hey, I like your gun. Whatever. Oh, them's five can words. I, he said, can I look at it? Grant's like, yeah, here you go. And before he returned it, Billy noticed there was only three... Uh, Rounds. Three rounds, three cartridges in the cylinder. So Grant pretty much did a little Russian roulette <laughs> to Billy the Kid. He spun it and he made sure that it was a there was nothing in the chamber and pointed at Billy's head and pulled the trigger and it clicked. So Billy pulled this out and shot him in the fucking face. Okay, well that was that, <laughs> that, that was yeah. That, he literally exactly what happened. That's okay. That's he, he was Grant was fucking with him and put a gun to his head and pulled the trigger. He just happened to not have a fucking bullet in the chamber. <sighs> so Billy responds by shooting him in the face. Well, that's justified. That's I, fine. I would say so. I yeah. would have screamed like a fucking girl, but. I've never had a gun pointed at me. I have my seven-year-old. We didn't know it was loaded with one in the chamber either. Oh, but I have had a gun pointed at me. Yeah. Uh, my friend's kid found it in his dad's door mm-hmm. and was like, oh, look, a gun, and pointed it right at my fucking leg. Yeah. It was a little twenty-two pocket pistol. This was a nine millimeter. Yeah. Well he, he didn't understand. The the kid's dad forgot to lock the cabinet. Uh and he kept all of his stuff just like I I do with one in the chamber fully loaded, so it's always ready to go. And he just picks up, starts fucking waving it around. <laughs> and I was like, it's 
12 at the time. So I was like, hey, fucking stop. <laughs> I didn't know what I was fucking do. I was a little bitch when I was younger, man. A little man. kung fu mode. <laughs> stop. Kicked a little fucker in the head. Hell <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that was justified. Okay, where was I? So after he shot this guy in the face and got away with it, because he never gets fucking arrested, honestly. Like, every time he gets arrested, it's, and does it matter? He's a slippery little shit. He's a tiny little slippery motherfucker. Hey, that guy don't got a mustache. He doesn't have a mustache? The Irish guy ain't got a mustache. Kill him. So, after he shoots the guy in the face, he meets a man named Jim Greathouse, who introduced him to Dave Rudderball. Run the ball. So... Dave Rudabaugh, him, Billy, and this guy named Billy Wilson, they were running from Sheriff's Deputy James Carlisle because I'm sure they were like, hey, Billy, you just shot somebody in the face. Come talk to us. And he was like, no, I'm not going to talk to you. No, I'm good, dog. Why would I talk to you? That's kind of weird. They get to this ranch, and they get cornered. So Billy tells them, hey, we're holding Great House. Our friend is a ho- used him as a hostage. Lying to him, obviously. And he said, hey, let us, you know, do a swip swap. You know what I mean? They, they, they were like, give us Carlisle. You can have the hostage. And he said, okay, fine. So Carlisle tries to escape from being a hostage and just gets shot in the back three fucking times because he's trying to jump out a window. Like, have y'all not learned that... Don't turn your fucking back on these people. This man doesn't let people live. No. Like, as much as people want to say he was just like a product of the environment, Billy the Kid is a psychopath. By the age of 21, it's reported he killed 21 people. Yeah, a person for every year of his life is what they would say. Yeah, he's a psychopath. It's... And I've only killed one. But after after that happens, a bunch of them. I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna stop reading all these fucking names because there's just too many goddamn names. Oh, Fulliard. The whole fucking gang rides into Fort Sumner, and unknown to them, a posse led by Pat Garrett was fucking waiting for them. They just, back in the day, it's not like now. Like it was okay for cops to just open fire on people. Yeah, now it's uh, like let me out, see your ID. Like outlaws. Like, if a cop saw you, saw you and was just like, I'm just going to shoot him, it'd be fine. Yeah, they wouldn't give a fuck. Yeah, he uh, he don't look right to me. I mean, cops still do that, <laughs> but they get in trouble for it. They, I mean, they at least get, like, paid leave for it. Yeah. <laughs> but back then, it was just like, eh, I'm just going to shoot him. Fuck it. How many did you shoot today, Pat? Uh, about six. Oh, here's a raise. Oh, yeah, boy. Okay. Here's a bonus. So after this posse decides to shoot him, they killed, uh, how do you say his name? Oh, Fulliard. Yeah, they kill him. Everybody else escapes unharmed, and they're riding off on their horses and whatnot. So this is when finally they decide to put a bounty out for his capture, for Billy the Kid's capture. So Pat Garrett keeps fucking following, keeps searching for him. Then on December 23rd, following this little siege that caused... Somebody get killed. Gary and his posse captured Bonnie along with four other men. They were shackled, taken to Fort Sumner, then later to Las Vegas. 
And then as soon as they show up, there's just people looking all around because Billy Kid's infamous. Is that the word for it? Yeah. He's infamous by now. And then the following day, an armed mob gathered at the train depot before the prisoners who were already on board. Then the deputy, backed by an angry group of men, demanded custody of one of the Billy's little homies, Dave Riddabaugh, because he apparently killed a local jailer. But Sheriff, old Sheriff Garrett, wouldn't let him go. And a tense conversation ensued. Conversation. Confrontation. They weren't talking. They were fucking yelling. Then finally, he agreed to let the sheriff and two other men accompany them to Santa Fe, where they would put a petition to the governor to release him to him. Because back then, there was no fucking jurisdiction. It was like, if you got the guy, you got the guy. It doesn't matter where you committed the crime. It's just like, yoink. Yeah, you just threw him on the back of your horse and took him to town. In a later interview with a reporter, uh, Billy said he was unfra- he was he wasn't afraid during the incident. He said, "If only I had my Winchester, I'd lick the whole crowd." Nowadays, that's a bad thing. Yeah, that's uh, that gets you put in jail. Nowadays, I'm gonna lick everybody. But this is when he started getting a ton of like interviews with mag like newspapers. Stories at newspapers, all kinds of shit. He started really growing in infamy when he was finally captured. They arrive in Santa Fe, and him, Bonnie, or Billy, shows up. He tries to talk to the governor, sends him four letters over three months, because he already told him once he was going to give him fucking pardon and let him out in exchange for information, but now he won't talk to him. He's like a shitty ex-girlfriend. Yeah. Whatever. But he refused to intervene. Billy went to trial April 1888. And then following two days of testimony, he was found guilty of Sheriff Brady's murder. It was the only conviction ever secured against anyone in the Lincoln County War. No one had ever been convicted during the Lincoln County War except for Billy the Kid. And on April 13th, Judge Warren Bristol sentenced him to hang with his execution scheduled for May 13th, 1881. And according to legend, upon sentencing, the judge told Bonnie he was going to hang until he was dead, dead, dead. Dead. Bonnie's response was, you can go to hell, hell, hell. hell." hell. God, did he dab on him? <laughs> he didn't speak the rest of the time after after that. He did not speak ever again. See, the reason why that they say dead, 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 or not dead, 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 because he was just being dramatic. Uh, the reason why they say hang until you're dead is because back in the day, in the they way... They forget? Nah, is that they'd hang you, and then they'd be like, yeah, he's dead, and then the doctor go check him, and then God be like... <laughs> So now they didn't know how to fucking hang people. I mean, it's it's a fucking science. A, a prisoner came out with the best way to hang somebody because if the rope was too long, the further you drop, your head will pop off. Yeah, and apparently that was too gross for the onlookers to look at. Yeah, and a, a person that was in jail. Yeah, no, I think that was the electric chair. Yeah, it was the electric that chair that I'm thinking of. Chair, yeah. yeah. He came up with a better way for the electric chair to work, and then he ended up in his own invention. Yes, yes he ended up in his own electric chair. 
<laughs> that's fucked up. But yeah, hanging. He's the one that came up with like the sponge and stuff like that to make yeah. sure the current flows through yeah, the body and you're and not baking people. But yeah, hanging is a science. It's not just like rope tree hung. No, you got to like size up these people. You got to take their weight into account. Because you got to remember back then, uh, especially when hanging was still a thing, you had executioners that were artists almost. Yeah, and they were like the most popular person in town. They got paid a lot of fucking money to hang people. They got paid per execution. Yeah. They were not paid a salary. They did not work for the government. It was literally when executioner retired or died... They would be like, Next. You, you want to do it? Hey, what about you? About you? Uh, you you, you want to be an executioner? And they're like, yeah, why not? There was one executioner, one hangman that fainted. Yeah. And then got up, tried it again, and fainted again. He was a, um, that was back when they chopped heads off. Oh, yeah, yeah, he yeah, was yeah. Like, He was an axe man. Yeah, he fucked it up and fainted. Yeah, it was like he was like this. He was like a big dude, but he was a pussy. Because you know you, they want really strong men that know how to swing an axe. So it was just one quick lob. And this guy, the first time he went, it took him six hits with a fucking razor sharp axe to cut a head off. Just that guy on the block was like, "Are you fucking done yet?" Like he hit the first time and it didn't kill. Like it didn't kill him. It didn't cut his head it off. Just fucked him up. It just fucked him up and blood started squirting. And he fucking faints. Then he comes back to hits him again, doesn't cut it off, and he fucking faints again. And then he just has to, like, just hammer away at the dude's fucking neck to cut it off. You want to know the reason behind execution hoods? It's because people that were the executioner also had other jobs in these towns. Yeah, like, the executioner was probably your fucking hardware man. <laughs> or, or, you know, like, uh, I don't know, the mortician yeah. or the pastor. They put the hood on because they didn't want them to be like, oh, you. Oh, yeah. Ted. Damn it, Steve. You wacky fucker. Now go cut my meat, bitch. <laughs> All right. Back to Billy the Kid. Who? Okay. Oh, we're talking about Billy the Kid? So, Billy, he was he was sentenced to death by hanging. And he, then he was moved to Lincoln where he was held under guard on the top floor of the town courthouse. They didn't even put this man <laughs> in a, They would not put this man in a jail. So, they held him at the top floor of this courthouse, held under guard at all times by a guard. On the evening of April 28, 1881... My birthday. While this man, Garrett, was in White Oaks collecting taxes, Deputy Bob Olinger took five other prisoners across the street for a meal leaving James Bell, another deputy, alone with Billy. Billy asked to be taken outside to use the pisser behind the jail or on their return back upstairs to the courthouse. Billy, who was walking ahead of Bell up the stairs to his cell, hit around a corner, slipped out of his handcuffs, and beat the dude half to fucking death with the loose end of the cuffs. And then during the scuffle, he grabbed Bell's revolver, shot him in the back, and then ran away. Billy is good at escaping. He's a very resourceful man. Like, they fitted him four shackles. Yeah. Personalized to him. Yep. He and still this, slipped him. This, no, he didn't slip him. 
he, he climbed the handcuffs. He, he, he climbed a wall, still wearing the shackles. Oh yeah, but he didn't get far. Yeah, that's. I think that's later actually. But like I told you while we were talking about doing this episode, there's another time where he asked to go use the outhouse, and he then the the deputy was like, "We're gonna keep the cuffs on you." Yeah, and handcuffs back then were pieces of shit. They were decuffs. Yeah, and they were really easy to get out of. Yeah, and he just takes the handcuffs and bangs them up against the side of the outhouse and they pop open. Yeah, yeah, and uh, after he grabbed Bell's revolver, he shot him in the back as Bell was trying to get away, and then Billy, with his legs still shackled, broke into Garrett's office, which Garrett was. I don't remember who the fuck Garrett was. Sheriff. But the sher- yeah, the sheriff. I'm fucking Pat dumb. Garrett. Don't talk to me like that. <laughs> Do not get sassy with me. Pat fucking Garrett. Okay. I don't know. I went rorted for a minute. So <laughs> Billy, with his legs still shackled, broke into Garrett's office, took a loaded shotgun left behind by a different deputy, and waited at the upstairs window. For Olinger, which is the other deputy, to respond to the original gunshot that killed Bell and called out to him, look up, old boy, see what you get. And when he looked up, shot him in the fucking chest. I thought you was about to say he threw a paint can at him. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> and as soon as the deputy looked up, Billy just shot, killed him. And then after about, I, like, where is Garrett at this time? I know he's out collecting taxes but like taking a shit you gotta think he also like helped five other prisoners get away because these two deputies are the only people in the whole fucking town yeah Billy the Kid reminds me of Kevin McAllister from fucking Home Alone (laughs) (laughs) hey guys with a lot of fucking death he ended up freeing himself (laughs) in the leg irons with a fucking axe and then he got a horse it says he obtained a horse he stole it. He stole a horse and just rode out of town. Rode out of town. I'm gonna obtain money at the bank, forcefully <laughs> obtain money. But he 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 just rides off into the sunset. And while he was on the run again, he just murdered another two people. Governor Wallace put a new five hundred dollar bounty on his head. Which I think this one was like dead or alive this time. Yeah. About three months after escape, Garrett, I know who that is now. I remember Sheriff Garrett. Sheriff Garrett. Sheriff. Sheriff Garrett. Oh, Fulliard. <laughs> he he heard about some rumors that Billy was in somewhere around Fort Sumner. So he left Lincoln with two more deputies. I guess he, they just have them readily available. I wouldn't want to be a deputy during this time. I would not want to be a police officer. Sounds like they had a closet full of them. Just like, like take them off the fucking rack. I would. And it was basically, hey, you're a deputy now. Yeah, yeah pretty like, much. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That's all it was. Like whoever was, I don't know, the most badass in the town was the sheriff. It's like whoever, can you shoot a gun? Can you walk? Yeah, you're a deputy now. Anybody okay. can be deputized. Yeah, that's Anybody. True. Yeah. Like even now. So they, they leave for Lincoln. Shaq. It's <laughs> 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 a question uh, a friend of Billy's Pete Maxwell but he, he spoke to him the same day like uh, Maxwell he's the son of some like land baron that means like just a landlord he owned a bunch of land 
Whatever. He spoke with them for a couple hours, and about midnight, they sat in Maxwell's darkened room when Billy just randomly showed up. <laughs> Put your belly up. <laughs> Would you look at my gut for <laughs> But apparently, the accounts vary to what happened at this time. So, as he entered the room... Billy didn't recognize it was Garrett because of the poor lighting. And he draws his revolver back away asking, uh, who is it? Who is it? But in Spanish, how do you say that? Quenes? Quenes? Qua? Quena? Porque? Taco? <laughs> I, I imagine, like, an action movie, like the low lighting, but when he pulls the revolver, just like... A gleam of light on it. Yeah. Who are you? Who are you? <laughs> He's not Batman. <laughs> okay, here's Billy the Kid. Who are you? Who are you? <laughs> but apparently he draw he drew his revolver. He started backing out of the room saying, Who is it? Who is it? And Garrett recognized the voice, drew his revolver, fired twice. First bullet struck Billy in the chest just above his heart. Killing him dead. Or did it? Or did it? We'll see. Segway. About, okay, let's wrap it up before we talk about some fucking, some of these fucking rumors that I've seen. But a few hours after this shooting happened, a local justice of peace assembled a coroner's jury of six people. I've never heard of a coroner's jury in my life. But right now you're just making up words. I swear to God, that's what it say. The jury members interviewed Maxwell, Garrett, and uh, the way this sentence is worded made it sound like they interviewed Billy's body. <laughs> they interviewed they Garrett. For, they forgot Peyton, a comma. And a weird guy and a fake mustache. <laughs> <laughs> but they examined the body, the location of the shooting, and the jury certified the body was Billy's and that... Garrett shot him, basically. He was given a wake. He's buried the next day, and his grave was, grave was denoted with a wooden marker. That's all I got. Nothing fancy. It'd be pretty gnarly if we could find this grave. The grave? Yeah. There's an actual gravestone on it now. Oh, that'd be pretty cool to visit. Uh, it was donated in, like, the 40s or something like, like that. I, I would want to visit his grave, and I want to visit Curly from the Three Stooges' grave. Because that'd be fucking awesome. Yeah, that'd be really, really cool. We should cover them in a future episode of Three Stooges. The Three Stooges? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. But five days after he was killed, Garrett went to New Mexico to get the $500 reward. Well, the new mayor was like, nah, I ain't paying you. (laughs) Come on, everybody was a fucking dick. Because Lou Wallace is the one that put it up, but now you got William J. Rich as the new acting New Mexico governor, and he was like, nah, I ain't paying it fuck off. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. So, over the next few weeks, the residents of Las Vegas, Mesilla, Santa Fe, White Oaks, and other cities raised over a $7,000 bounty reward for Garrett. Nice. This man crowdfunded a reward for him murdering somebody. He pretty much started the first GoFundMe. The first GoFundMe for murder. Is that a thing? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, no, that's a hitman. But a 
A year and four days after his death, the New Mexico Territorial Legislature passed a special act to grant him the fucking $500 that he was crying about. <laughs> Literally, they had a, a, a year later, they had to do some, pass a fucking act. So he gave this man $500. He got the 7000 and then they're like, here's the 500 <laughs> Chump change. Yeah, I know, right? He's like, I'm rich, bitch. Yeah, 7000 back in 1880-something. Yeah. There's <laughs> a lot of fucking cheese. Ooh, I, I, he's a millionaire. We're going to Google 1880 currency conversion. Let's see. What was... Um, one dollar is um, two thousand percent higher. So if we got seven grand, Jesus Christ, twenty four dollars. A uh, hundred and seventy two thousand dollars is what he crowdfunded because he murdered an outlaw. Fucking shit. Uh, in 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 twenty eighteen's money, a hundred and seventy two grand is what he got crowdfunded. Like there wasn't that many rich people back then, man. No, there was. Pat Garrett. That's but it. <laughs> that's like the book. The book, The Authentic Life. Ooh, of Billy the Kid. It was the first one ever published in 1882, and that was written by, well, it was ghost written for Garrett by Marshall Upson. So he felt he was had to tell his side of the story because he was wrongly an unfairly claim or people were claiming that my mic just broke. Queen Latifah and Steve Martin and Eugene Levy starring in bringing down the house okay. to brace your microphone. <laughs> the, the mics are fixed, finally. God, fuck. My mic. I hate these fucking... <laughs> no, it's just because we are using a, ping, or a beer pong table, basically. So... We're using a $25 Walmart table. Dude, beer pong tables are the best desk if you don't have to attach fucking boom stands to them. So I don't touch mine. Okay, so we're going to cover the rumors of his survival. Because there's a lot of rumors out there that he didn't ever fucking die. He just died of old age. Yeah, like he... Like none of that shit ever happened. It was probably a doppelganger or... No, the murder definitely happened. It's just him getting killed by Garrett. So, over time, legends claiming that he was not killed and that Garrett staged the whole incident and death out of friendship so he could evade the law. So, during the next 50 years, there's a number of men that claim they were him. But you also have to look like he does. And it's kind of hard. He, to not be offensive. Oh, he looks like he has Down syndrome. So he looks a little... rarded. <laughs> Can we say that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Anyway, so one of the theories, 1948, Central Texas man, Ollie P. Robertson, nicknamed Brushy Bill, he began claiming he was Billy the Kid, and he went before New Mexico Governor Thomas Mabry seeking a pardon. Mabry said, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Get the fuck out of my office. Literally, and he died shortly after. You bearded piece of shit. Get out of my office. But this man 
or uh, the town, apparently, that this guy was from, capitalized on his claim by opening a Billy the Kid museum. And, like, this, he wasn't even him. That's what I was talking about earlier of how much of a fucking pop culture icon yeah. Billy the Kid became. I looked up how many movies there are about Billy the Kid trying to do research for this. There are over 40. Yeah. For what I've heard, The Highwaymen is like one of the best ones. Is it really good the one? The Highwaymen is about Bonnie and Clyde. I'm retarded. I just got done listening to that episode. <laughs> I just got done listening to the Bonnie and Clyde episode and made me think of it. Six hours. Do you know how Bonnie, do you know how Clyde died? He got fucking head, he got JFK out of a car. Yeah. Dead ass. By a fucking BAR. And, and they carried bars and all, like Tommy guns and all that. They weren't going to kill Bonnie. His foot released off the clutch and the car started rolling. So they thought he was still alive and they unloaded on the motherfucker. Like 10 motherfuckers with bars. And then the tow truck that was carrying the car still had the bodies in it. And it passed by a school of children and one, one of the, of the kids, kids just fucking ripped the white sheet off. Cause like, Ooh, and it was just like, bought. like they said that the, the clothing they're wearing did not look like clothing. It was just blood. There's, there's pictures. There's a photographer there because one of the cops was carrying a camera. Yeah. Like a reporter gave him a camera and he carried it for like what? A year in the uh, trunk of his car. 18 months. Why are we talking about Bonnie and Clyde? We're supposed to be talking about I Billy love the Kid. Bonnie and Clyde. <laughs> That's just, dude. There's too much information in Bonnie and Clyde for me to cover. I can't. I ain't got time I'm for that shit. I'm not doing a six-hour episode. I don't have time for that shit, There's man. Too much information. We work. I know. They did three parts. Yeah. They did three parts, two hours each. The lo- the longest one we've done is four hours, and that was two parts. If that was my full-time job, yes, but I ain't got time got for that. Paid seventy thousand dollars a year to do this. <laughs> yeah. A year? You mean a month? A month? They get like their Patreon itself is like forty something thousand a month. And seventy thousand from sponsors. Split three times. Fuck. <laughs> they make they're they're all like one of the most they're popular. They're the biggest ne- networks. Yeah. But what the fuck were we talking about? We got we get off on tangents so bad and I forget where the fuck we're at. Well, we have the power of editing. Um No, fuck that. We just let this shit roll. Yeah, people are going to get bored at this part of the episode and just be like, Pfft. I mean, I don't give a fuck anyway. But there was, there's a couple people that claimed they were him. You have John Miller. He claimed he was Billy. This, this family was like, he's fucking lying. And then you have, uh, in 2004, researchers tried to exhume Catherine, his mother, to try to test the DNA against the body that's buried in his grave. But... As of 2012, her body had not been exhumed. She would probably be dust by now? Bone marrow. Oh, yeah. You use bone marrow. I am an idiot. Yeah, it was uh, 1940. A stonecutter made and donated a uh, marker for the grave. So he does... It was stolen in 1981, but recovered at in Huntington Beach... And the New Mexico governor arranged for the county sheriff to fly, get it, and bring it back. And then in 2012, some assholes decided to tip it over. So now it's like his grave itself is surrounded by a fucking six-foot gate. Understandable. Yeah, because it got stolen and knocked over and all kinds of shit. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's that, I think that's everything. Now, talking about the movies that I watched, I did watch one. I have not seen any Billy the Kid movies. Billy the Kid versus Dracula. <laughs> I do need to watch that. <laughs> what? <laughs> like I've seen some B-rate movies. But I've that seen the, I've seen all the Sharknado movies. And uh, this one was shit. I didn't finish it. But truly, in conclusion, about Billy the Kid, he did a lot of things in six years that people take their whole lifetime to do. He, I don't want to say accomplished. It's to murder 21 people in six years. He done a lot. And never get arrested. He done a lot of stuff. I mean, he was arrested, but never kept... He was only convicted one time, and he got away with it. He got out by going to the pitcher. Yep, slippery little devil. He And he was a cop killer. Yeah. Like, most of his victims were sh- cops. Yeah, even if you, like, today, if you look at, look at a cop sideways, you're yeah. going down. Or if you're the wrong color and look at a cop. Yeah. Or be in the presence of law enforcement at all, you get shot. Yep. Pretty much. Or if you say the word cop too many times on a podcast. Cop. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, Billy the Kid is very interesting. The amount of... He pretty much lived his whole life. Really, well, I guess you'd say adult life. His teenage and adult life as a fugitive. Like, he could have just did like the couple days... When he was 15 and been fine. Yeah, we wouldn't even be talking about this right now. But he decided to fucking run, and he ran from the law ever till ever till he died. He got two put in his fucking chest. He was a teenager on away. But with a gun. Yeah. And a thirst for blood. Because, like, a lot of people say that Billy the Kid was just this little... He was a product... Of where he ended up, you know, he was, which I can agree because I look at gangs now the same way. Yeah, if you look at the economics of the environment that you're in, that's how you're going to turn out. Yeah, it's it's a product of, you know, you come from low income and you have nowhere else to go. You start slinging drugs because that's what everybody else does in your neighborhood. Yeah, it's it's easy, fast money. Yeah, it's just like this documentary I watched once where you got the kid from the projects, then you got the rich kid. Which one do you think is going to make it to college and become a fucking doctor? Whoever has the easier path. The rich kid. Wrong. In this documentary, is the kid from the projects. Yeah. The kid from the rich neighborhood, slinging drugs, smoking weed in school. Yeah. Economics. All right, let's uh, <laughs> let's wrap this up, and we have another fucking episode to record. Yep, we do, and uh, it's going to be very interesting. I'm ch- going to try not to yell much. I'm not angry. You're angry. Shut uh, up. So, so what? How are we going? I I don't remember how to end this. I got a message. Why did I get a message for? Don't be. Uh, Shout out everything, all the stuff. What are we shouting out? 
See, uh, I heard from somebody that he hates the way the podcast ends because it says pet a dog and that's it. <laughs> Sorry, it just ends. But I mean, that is crucial information. Pet oh, a dog. Yeah. Pet a dog. I pet four today. Really? Yes. Hell yeah. I was happy. Okay. Um, and I saw a raccoon. Social medias. Uh, we're on Twitter at the Torn Page Pod. We're on Instagram at the Torn Page Pod. Yep. I still have not started fucking with the Instagram yet. I will get to it eventually. I should take a picture of this table right now. This fucking Red mess. Bull and vape juice. <laughs> and chargers and headphones. Yeah. Uh, my personal Twitter is LasersGG. His my, is Joseph Baswell. It's uh, spelled the same way it sounds. Yeah, just figure it out. Uh, it's in the bio of the Torn Page Twitter anyway. Um, what else do we have? We're we not have, on Facebook because fuck Facebook. Yeah. I think that really all I use is Twitter and Instagram. I don't really use anything else. Patreon. Yeah, there's a Patreon thing out there. Patreon.com slash the torn page. Still looking for that mixer. Yeah, we want to get better equipment. Like a table. Yeah, that's not plastic. Yeah, please. Uh, if with the bet's still going on, if you guess my favorite number, you guess I'll suck your toes. Sure. I mean, <laughs> I got to think of a high number. Yeah. If you donate $10,000, he will I'll think about it. eat your ass. He'll suck a turd out of it. Okay. <laughs> outro. Outro. Don't be a dick. Donate the charity. Give to the homeless. Pet a dog. Spay and neuter. Vaccinate your kids. Shop it over Riley's. <laughs> <laughs> and we're done.